Hey, Frank. Yeah. You know we've got that bottle of oxytocin spray in the fridge. It's been there forever. Yeah. And uh, it's just not working. I think it could even be uh, a scam. <laughs> what? Yes. <laughs> I know. I know. How much did you pay? But, well, it's from the same site where you got your peptides, if that gives you an idea. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the reason I bought the spray was because oxytocin Oxytocin, of course, is the bonding chemical that we release when we breastfeed or we're just skin on skin with someone. And the idea is to bring us closer to them. And I feel like perhaps I'm lacking that. So I thought I'll get a spray and I'll just spray it up my nose. <laughs> <laughs> Why couldn't you just hug me? I can. Look, you're different. You're a different story. But in general, I thought, you know, if you're going to go out with mates or anyone, you could just have a... <laughs> And you can do this with cocaine, you realize. <laughs> it's just more expensive. Not really, actually. Uh. <laughs> so anyway, I was thinking, okay, that didn't work. What can we do? What else releases oxytocin? And of course, cuddling does. Yes. And I'm, I was aware that this trend that started in Japan of cuddle cafes has now spread over here. Mm-hmm. There aren't cuddle cafes as such, but there are lots of people who are now purporting to be cuddle therapists. Often they seem like they're travellers, you know, I, I think they're probably here on a short-term visa, or maybe no visa. Oh. Yeah, so there are these sites where, you know, there's pictures of people, and you can browse them and pick someone to be cuddled, and I thought we could try that, and see if it does indeed release oxytocin, or if it just makes us want to die of cringe. You're listening to Spirit Levels. It's the podcast that pressure tests the wellness industry. I'm actor filmmaker Frank McGree, and every Tuesday with my partner, journalist Jenny Valentish, we'll immerse ourselves in wellness practices from the pseudo to the sensible, and we'll thrash out the benefits. Okay, so we did our research. We went to a restaurant in Sorrento, and we bought up some of the cuddle therapy sites. And what happened? Well, I was reading them to you, and you were scrolling through it like it was Tinder. (laughs) (laughs) Saying, no, no, no. No, you were the one saying no. I was going, what about her? What about her? And you're going... You only approved women in their 20s. And I have to say to you, Frank, why do you even need to see a photo? This is therapy. True. But having said that, you're the one that's pulled out of doing this (laughs) therapy. (laughs) And why is that? Um... Well, I felt like the male... No, not that they have to be male for me. No, they don't. (laughs) (laughs) So why have you pulled out? All right, well... You know, I'm writing a book called Does Not Play Well With Others, and uh, in it, I'm trying to push introverts out of their comfort zone. And I thought, this is exactly the sort of thing you should be doing, Jenny. But the more I looked into it... For me, it just seemed a bridge too far. Like, we've talked about doing jiu-jitsu and things, and I'm like, I'd rather strike people. Than cuddle keep them at leg length. Than wrap your body around them. Yeah, yeah, it's very confronting, very confronting. So then we moved on to, I thought, how can I lure you back into this? So we went and checked out group ones. Mm. And you found a group in Fitzroy. Tell us about that. Yeah, it's called Life Spirals Cuddle Gathering, and it's in Fitzroy in Melbourne, and it lasts about two hours, which seems like quite a long time. And I imagine it builds up, we're talking about boundaries, consent, and probably increasing the kind of touch that you would do. And you've just announced to me that you're not going to do that as well. <laughs> so you've pulled out twice on me. So now you're 
cuddle therapy episode. Yep, it's is yours. M- is me. Congratulations. <laughs> is me <laughs> uh, doing a two-hour cuddle session with 30 people. You know what really creeps me out? What? You don't seem at all phased by this. I'm looking forward to this. <laughs> I'm really looking forward to this. I don't see what the big deal is. Uh, maybe I'll be so jealous when you come out. I'll be waiting in the car for two hours with a packet of crisps and lemonade. <laughs> but I'm like, fuck, next week I'm getting in there. Well, I think I might find my tribe. Jenny here. I thought I'd check in while Frank is in Cuddle Club. I've been wandering around Fitzroy, where Cuddle Club is, and it's it's in one of the side streets, and I noticed just a block or two away, there's the, the Melbourne Chess Club, which seems to be like a, another really nice form of connection, actually. You know, you go past and it's evening and there's just like a few kids playing each other. But I thought I might also explain why I backed out of Cuddle Club. And it's because I've got quite an ingrained sense of wariness, a guardedness. I've just always had it, this default position of suspicion. So, you know, it's not limited to the touch of strangers, by the way. It's generally kind of expecting the worst. I mean, just recently I was watching TV in bed and the bed started shaking and I was like, fuck, we're in an earthquake. And I'm, I'm like videoing my screen as I'm Googling for earthquakes. And I'm on Twitter, I'm on my Facebook page, trying to figure out what's going on. And it was actually just Frank's uh, son having sex with his girlfriend. But in my mind, I thought it's going on for quite a long time. Maybe it's actually tanks. Maybe it's the rumble of tanks. Anyway, how we all laughed when I banged on their door to see if they were okay. And then not long after I first met Frank, we were at a hotel together. And... I heard this male voice going, Everybody stay in your room. Do not come out of your rooms. And, of course, I thought it was Hezbollah. Um, but it was actually a fire alarm. And then there was a time I called the fire brigade in London because I saw this smoke coming out of the basement, which turned out to be a sauna. And then there was a time I called the cops because I saw this uh, very suspicious-looking lorry, as we call them in England, going past and I could hear a man banging, banging on the sides of the lorry and I was describing it to the cops and I was like yeah you know it's, it's got, it had like windows at the top a bit like a bit like a prison van and before I realised oh yeah okay that's what it was. So all this to say my mind sort of does automatically fear the worst on a very unconscious level and for me going to cut a club and having that level of trying to figure out everyone's intentions and histories and all that stuff would just be way too much i know it'd be a good thing to push myself out of the comfort zone but also i know my limits so anyway i'm gonna wait here in the car and when he comes out i'm just gonna hijack him and see what happens now frank yeah i was waiting for you to come out of cuddle club mm. Like a mum waiting for a kid after the first day at school. And you came out and you you were like walking really fast, quite excited to the bar. And then you had this really far away look in your eyes, like a thousand yard stare. Yeah, I'd been through something quite extreme. You'd been touched. Well, yeah. But the first um, first thing you learn in Cuddle Club, first rule of Cuddle Club is you can't talk. <laughs> first rule of Cuddle Club is... What is Fight Club? 
<laughs> so the first thing Tash said was, um, what happens in Cuddle Club stays in Cuddle Club. That's awkward for us. So this is, we can't talk about okay, this anymore. That's the end. That's the end of this episode. <laughs> but yeah, I think you can talk in broad terms. No, in broad terms, it, it was amazing. Um, it was so different to what I expected it to be. Um, and Tash straight away um, talks about consent. That's a big thing at the start of it. She has a koala the size of me and she brings that into the middle of the room. She says to the koala, you know, um, could can I please touch your shoulder? And then the koala says Presumably yes. Presumably says yes. <laughs> Presumably <laughs> says yes. I'll take your silence as consent. <laughs> wow. <laughs> this is good. Um, anyway, so she brings a koala in and, and, it's, and it's to describe, yeah, consent. But one of the first exercises she did was you make um, uh, a pizza on someone's back, which is basically a massage. But it's about asking for what toppings you want on on your pizza, um, and and so as much as it's about consent to begin with, it's also asking you know what you want. You know, could I please? Could you please? You know, touch my shoulder harder than that. Or could you sprinkle some cheese so it's a nice kind of sprinkle? Yeah, sprinkle effects. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah, so it wasn't just about those boundaries, which are obviously really important. I mean, I thought it was it was pretty cool of her. She said that some people might get aroused. Um, it's not a sexual um, place at all, and that to not shame that person and to you know deal with it appropriately. Um, and what happened was it, it actually seemed really natural, and it, and it got quite extreme pretty quickly after the first half hour of you know what you think it would be and cuddling someone and doing a back massage. You know, it, it, one one person came up to me and said, "Would you like to stargaze?" And I didn't know what stargazing was. And we lay on the floor and we looked at the roof and stargazed and we held hands, and yeah. And then we were encouraged to do more of a group setting thing where, you know. So I mean, you don't end up in your safe pairs of people who are very familiar with each other. Yeah, and and it was a pair thing to begin with. And she said, let's break out of this pair. You know, you're obviously going to start something with someone and let it evolve to be whatever. Mm. And if you sit out and watch it, that's okay. And a lot of people did, and then they joined in. And what ended up happening was, um, I think I'm allowed to say this, but there was uh, four or five of us spooning on the ground. And it seemed completely normal. Like a human centipede. Well, we don't like calling it that. It's more of a, a spoon train. Amazing. Okay, well, I think we need to talk to Tash herself. Hey, Tash. How are you? Good, Great. how are you? Oh, you haven't met. Jenny, this is Tash. <laughs> I feel like I know Tash really well. <laughs> we cuddled together. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the first I heard of cuddle activities was cuddle cafes in Japan. And then I realised, okay, well, there's people over here practising as individuals, as cuddle therapists. And that's how I then discovered the Cuddle Club. When did you first take it up and when did you first hear about it? So I have a bit of a not so common background. (laughs) I'm a play specialist. So I've worked in allied health for quite a long time um, in a hospital. So I did a lot of um, working in a children's ward in the playroom, help around coping around stress and procedural support around medical procedures. So that's where my skills in trying to hold space 
um, lesson stress and calming came from. And I work in parenting support now. So I've always worked with children and families. And in that realm, you know, you, you have to touch a child to help console them or settle them down. And it's just a natural part of soothing and self-regulating. So I sort of went through it from a developmental point of view because I know quite a bit about touch with children, but wanted to find out more about touch for adults and then studied cuddle therapy online, loved it, did some more. Who provides the training? So there's two, because I don't do individual sessions, I only do group events. So it's either Cuddle Party, who were the original ones, or Cuddle Sanctuary, and I've trained with Cuddle Sanctuary. And then you get ongoing mentoring and, yeah, it's international. And, yeah, so if I've got things I'm not sure about or need help, you've got this whole international network of people to support you. And then, yeah, I just felt this impulse of like, this is amazing. And just talking to friends and people in the community, I actually thought there's a real need for this. I didn't know, you know, I was going to have people attending. So I just gave it a go, committed to being there every month and just sort of seeing where it went and what the community wanted or if there was a need, especially after our lockdowns. I felt last year quite socially awkward. I felt like I was learning how to come back into the bigger world again myself and a bit clunky and... <laughs> So it's like a space where you can reconnect and and practice those social skills and be very clear about it. We have a common understanding, we have a common language. And then yeah, it opens up this freedom to express yourself or to to try things or to sit back and just observe for a little while. It just creates an opening of that this can be a, a practice space, even if you have some skills that you, you feel a bit wobbly with in the bigger world, like come and practice them at a cuddle event. It's not like we're like, oh, we're going to do this now. And yeah, so it's sort of like this build up. Um, yeah, of like the friendliness, the comfort. And yeah, it just organically just tends to happen. Absolutely. A pile of kittens on the floor or something. <laughs> well, I mean, we, you know, there was a group of, of five people spooning each other on the floor and yeah. talking and it seemed like the most normal thing in the world. Yeah, and cosy. Yeah. <laughs> And cosy and great. <laughs> and then you, you come out blinking into the night going, where am I? Yeah, you have to do that bit of a gradual, we're going to pop the lights on. <laughs> like obviously we had some lights on, but the brighter lights. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're coming back to, you know, grounding yourself. And where am I? What time of day is it? Yeah, because it is. Like if you're cuddling or having a gorgeous hug and you're relaxing and sinking into it, you might get a bit sleepy or you might just feel super relaxed. So Frank, we've heard all about Life Spiral's cuddle gathering in Melbourne and I guess I was wondering what kind of people would go and I was picturing it being people who are perhaps, you know, sort of au fait with new age spiritual activities um, and so I was picturing you when you walked in there looking like a mortgage broker and how out of place you must have seemed. Yeah, we need to explain that. So... <laughs> I'd been, I'd left the grand final in my MCC members outfit, which was a, a nice blue um, conservative shirt, to go to your house to do some rock laying. And I only had work clothes in those clothes. And so coming back through, I had my MCC membership um, yeah. outfit. It, it looked like you'd maybe just wandered into what you thought was an NA meeting. 
I look more like an insurance broker. Fire and theft. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe my assumptions were wrong, though, and I think, it was I th- a mixed bag of people. I think your assumptions are very wrong. It yeah. was a complete mixed bag of people. There might have been people that lacked intimacy in their lives, or maybe there are people who just want more intimacy in their life. They've got intimacy in their life, and for me to make those judgment calls, that was, and that was a good thing that broke down, was the, the, the judgment of it. And how did you think I'd go? Well, that was the only thing that took me out of Cuddle Club the whole time was me nearly bursting out laughing, thinking, if Jenny was here, she would hate this. I did. Which I'm disappointed in myself, but yeah, I think I would, which is a shame. Yeah. I think you, you got a lot out of it. I think I did. I, I absolutely got a lot out of it. I got, I got a lot out of it from the point of view of there's a whole... We we judge everything in this life and this world, and and you know you can easily hear the word cuddle club, and and there'd be so much judgment. There'd be judgment about who goes to cuddle club, mm. and when you actually do it and you come out of it, and it's great to touch people and be intimate. And but what the the really surprising thing was that all the conversations were really interesting. Like it's not a silent thing. People are talking, and all the boundaries are broken down, and so you're having quite intimate conversations with someone you've met five minutes ago that you would never do. This is why we do this podcast. Mm. And because we want to, one, break down the kind of judgment in, within ourselves of everything we try. Um, and that's what we're doing for our audience as well. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And, and the guts of people to do this is like when I, I teach acting and I've got, you know, kids doing improvisation and I, I remind them how gutsy they are. They're putting themselves out there. They could easily not do that. And here these people were, and it was some for some people there, you know, they were extreme introverts, and they were really putting themselves out of there. So fucking hell, good on them. It's like intimacy improvisation, and it's... Um, it's a good point. That's a good way to put it. You know, as you've been talking, it occurred to me what it reminded me of, that look on your face when you came out. You know, one of our favourite films is Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and only a few people get to see the lights. And after they do, they're profoundly changed. <laughs> yes, that's Cuddle Club. That was your face. That's Cuddle Club. You've been listening to Spirit Levels, a weekly show with Jenny Valentich and Frank McGree. Subscribe to hear our show every Tuesday and we'd love to see you on Instagram. We're Spirit Levels Podcast. And TikTok, where we're Spirit Levels. See you next week. (laughs) I was the best whistler in drama college. Give me another go.